You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I cannot be more excited than I am about having this guest on the podcast. Louis Scott is an attorney. Let me take that back. Louis Scott is a businessman who identifies as an attorney. <laughs> Louis Scott is an attorney from Atlanta who built a tremendous personal injury law firm, Peter Scott. The firm has been in existence, I do it, or you've been part of the firm for about six years. And from what I know, my team has gathered a whole bunch, whole bunch of facts about you and your firm. I think you guys hit a $30 million threshold in the last couple of years, which for a young attorney like you are, I think you're in your early 40s now. Yep, 40 is a huge, huge achievement. Yes, thank but you. not only that, this is not your only business. You are the CEO, if I'm not mistaken, of eight-figure law firm, mm-hmm. which is an offshoot of the law firm that actually consults lawyers on how to build intended eight-figure law firm because you've been there and you've done that and you probably are the best coach to them. So it is such an honor and pleasure to have you on this podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I, I do want to make one little correction and that is we just reached 40 million. So I'm really excited about that. So uh, we're on we're on pace for 40 million. So we're we're super pumped of, uh, about what's what's happening in the legal space and really excited about also teaching people got to do the exact same thing. So thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. So statistically, to reach $40 million in annual revenue, you've got to be in the top 2 or 3% of the entire field, 1.35 million people. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I know that the average law firm generates about uh, 250 to 500,000 in revenue. And so, yeah, we're probably way up there. And hopefully that's not our, that's not our landing place, but really it's kind of like our, our, our starting point of where we're going to keep going. So this is year seven, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So this is our, this is, um, we're starting our, our sixth year uh, of Seth and I working together actually starts next month. So next month will be five years of us working together. Got it. If you don't mind, what was the revenue when you just joined the firm five something years ago? So I joined mid-year. So the last 12 months was just under 5 million or so. But the previous year that had reported like PL was about 3.7 million. And so they were they were on the way up. So we went from five to 40 million in five years. So this is an eight times 800 percent growth over eight years. Yes. In professional services space where average annual growth rate is four point three percent, this is practically unheard of. Yeah. So if you're watching this. You better listen. I, I agree. I mean, it, it, the thing is that it's, there's a couple of things that you can do to really make your business shine. And I think a lot of people, they say that they focus on customer service and they're the best in customer service and they really care about the client. But at the end of the day, they don't. And what they really care about is making profit. And if you want to have a business that grows fast, you have to be really, really committed to investing into your business so that it is the absolute best product that you could provide for the consumer. Mm. I need that you say that because just about every lawyer's website mm-hmm. states that their unique advantage is that they really, really care about their clients. 
And in the world where everybody really, really, really cares about clients, no one really stands out. Everyone has the same message. So when you consult your numerous clients in the eight-figure law firm consulting you, what do you tell them? What is the advantage that you tell them talk about when they're posing their services to their prospective clients and watch some of your content in the past and you talked about salesmanship and yeah. how you developed that muscle. Yeah. So you must really know what unique, stand, unique selling proposition stands for and how to position a law firm in a light where it actually shines that advantage for mm-hmm. prospective clients. So what do you tell them? How do you teach them about this? Yeah. So one of the things that I, that I say is, is stop telling people you care about them and care about them. And I think that when you actually show people that you care about them, it shines through. It's, it's kind of like a relationship. If you had a relationship, if you're, if you're married or maybe you're in a, in, in any kind of relationship with a significant other, it's one thing to say that you love them. It's another thing to show that you love them. And the superpower is in being able to show, being able to demonstrate the love and care for the client. It's being able to be there when, when they need you most. You know, when I think about my relationship with a lot of the eight figure firm members, and this is something that I didn't really realize when I started consulting, I never imagined a scenario where I would become friends with the people that I was consulting with. And that came out of this genuine care and love for them. When I think about the businesses that I work with, I think about how can their life, their family, their community be better because of the work that I do with them. And I think as a law firm owner, or really any business owner in the service business, instead of asking how much can I extract from this person, you should be asking, how do I give more value? How do I add more to them? And how do I make them more successful in, in their chosen endeavor, whatever that is, so that they can be better off because of the relationship that I had with them. When I was younger, my dad used to always tell me that two things are going to happen if you meet him. And, and he's a living testament to this. Either you were going to be you were going to be better off or, or you were going to bless me and I was going to be better off. So those were the two things that could happen. And he used to always tell us, since we don't know what the other person's going to do, make sure you bless them. Make sure they're better off because of you. And what I have found is the more I give to other people, the more value I add to other people, the more I demonstrate to other people, the, the more likely I will reciprocate that back to me. But since I don't know what people's intentions are, I'm just going to keep giving. And I think that is what differentiates you is in showing up versus just speaking about it. Um. And you share two, three remarkable examples of you giving to your clients. Absolutely. So some of the things that we do that I would say are extraordinary in in the law firm is making sure that we have a team dedicated to client success. And this is something that you don't find in a lot of law firms because most law firms are traditionally of the traditional mindset where they say, my work is, it should be, should be enough. I should get referrals uh, because of my work. And what we do is we go through and we audit the process. We audit the client journey. We audit the, the way that attorneys are working and that the legal assistants are working. And we're always looking at a way to refine the process so that way the, the client experiences some level of intentionality. And so when, when you're working with your, your client, you can't let everything happen organically. You have to be intentional about the touches. You have to be intentional about the follow-up. You have to be intentional about the, the delivery of the message, the delivery of the information so that they know that you're proactive. And I used to tell people that the biggest complaint in the bar is not that they can't speak with their, their attorney. The biggest complaint is that the attorney doesn't call them. And what they're saying is that the attorney is not proactive. And so one of the things that we do is we, we act in a proactive way. 
We have a two-week callback. We have a 40-day attorney call. Every 40 days, the attorney's calling. We have a way of always being in connection and touch with the client through text message, through email, through phone calls. So that way they can they can feel this sense of, of being extraordinary. And when, when I talk about added value, I always say that if you want to charge premium prices, then you have to deliver a premium service. And so that's one of the ways we do that. Another way that, that I've done that several years ago, probably seven or eight years ago at this point, because I'm not, I, I no longer represent clients in the law firm capacity, but we would drive as far as we needed to, to meet a client. And I remember having a client who was injured out of state. He was actually in, injured in Kansas City. And I got on a plane within less than an hour. I bought a ticket and flew up to Kansas City to meet with him and stayed an entire day talking to him, uh, being able to contact his family so that his family would know that he was okay because his family wasn't aware of his, you know, if he was okay or not. And so that was probably the most extraordinary thing I ever did for a client was flying halfway across the country to see him, spend time with him, and then communicate with the family about his his condition. Is this level of care, if this, is this level of giving teachable? And if it is, how many lawyers do you have on your staff now? Uh, so we have around 30. All of them practice that level of giving. Man, I, look, I, I hope that if I have a client listening to this right now, they would say yes. I, you know, wh- one of the things about the, to the first question, is this teachable? I think it is teachable. I think you can teach people to deliver this level of care if you have a system for it. Now, do, do, can you teach someone to actually care? That's a different question. I don't know if you can teach someone to actually care, but you can absolutely teach people to have intentionality in the way that they care about the business and about their clients. And I think you should have those conversations. You should be meeting with your lawyers and teaching them to care about the clients, to have a better bedside manner, to make sure that that their their client comes before the the revenue creation. Like it's not about revenue, it's about the relationship with the client. So I think you should teach them. I think you should teach them to be intentional. I think you should teach them to be, have a better bedside manner. But here's the greatest advice that I give people. If you want employees who are like you, hire them like you versus trying to develop them to be like you. It's easier to find someone who is caring, who is genuine, who is uh, likable and, and, and is going to care about the client than it is to train someone to do that. And so we're always looking for people who are a representation of who we are. And if you do that, you have better success. Great point. And it sounds straight out of the book by Kirk Hellher. If you don't know who that was, he was the founder of Southwest Airlines. And he said, we don't train people to be nice. We just hire nice people. So if you've ever flown Southwest, their people are just different. They're unreasonably nice. <laughs> and that makes you want to fly Southwest anywhere you go. They have no first class. They have no business class. They have no upgrades. Tall nice. Yeah. All of them are incredibly nice from the check-in agent. Everyone in the airline is nice people. So that's exactly what you're talking about for your law firm. Yes. That is an excellent point because I think the thing that it's really hard to teach somebody to be nice who is not. I mean, it's, it's virtually impossible. You know, if a person has a bad attitude or they have a bad character or they uh, wear their heart on their sleeves or they're emotional or they have family things going on that affects their business and affects their work, it's really hard to change that. But, but you know, it's kind of like the concept of, of money. They, they say money doesn't make you any certain way. It just magnifies who you are, right? And I think in the same way, stressful situations magnify who you are at your core. 
difficult situations magnify who you are at your core. At your core, if at your core you're a nice person, difficult situations will not change that. And at your core, you're not a nice person. Difficult situations will bring out the worst in you. And so I think that we have to be sure that we're hiring the right people and bringing the right people on. Because at the end of the day, people are the most important asset in your business. It's not clients. I, I did a presentation a couple of months ago where I talked about how we know that people are the hardest part of the business and we know that people are the most important part of the business because it's the most expensive part of the business. Most service businesses spend between 37 and 50% of revenue on people. And so if you're spending upwards of 50% of revenue on people, which by the way, I don't recommend, but if you were spending that amount of money on people, you now know intuitively that it's the most important part of your business. So treat it that way and treat your people that way and they'll deliver on your behalf. So true. I want to talk about the eight-figure law firm okay. growth formula. Okay. Well, 13, 14 years ago, you started off as a receptionist in a law firm. Right. And here, all these years later, now you run an incredibly successful law firm. Let's imagine that today, you have to start from scratch. <laughs> now you have all of this experience under your belt. Yeah. You're starting a brand new law firm. It's no longer Bader Scott. It's some sure and you want to ramp it up to 10 million dollars cross that threshold of eight figures as fast as humanly possible without breaking your back you still want to have a life you still want to have a family you still want to spend time with your parents which i believe just having consumed some of your content you're incredibly close with and you reference to your dad like all the time sure. you want to do it how do you do it how well, do you go from zero to hero in a relatively short span of time I mean, zero to hero in a short span of time will require a little bit of breaking your back, right? So like you want to you wanna, uh, kind of set, set that expectation out front. But I believe that the first thing that you have to do is you have to develop a great product. And again, lawyers don't all sell the same product. They sell different products. And the brand and the product that you sell is dependent on the makeup of the person who's selling the product. And so you want to ask yourself, what is the product that I want to deliver? Is it a volume-based product? Is it a flat fee product? Is it a billable product? And what type of service do I want to share with people? So I think really getting clear on what the product is that you want to sell. The second thing is that you want to have a mixture of, of bigger cases and smaller cases. So that way you can start making cash immediately. In a contingency space, it's hard to make money immediately. So I'll tell you the story of when I started the Scott Law Firm, which is before I started with, uh, with Seth, my business partner. I wanted to have a contingency firm. I wanted to have PI and workers' comp cases, but that didn't pay fast. And so I went out and I was taking in immigration cases, family law cases, criminal cases to fund the marketing for my BI cases. And the interesting thing in my fifth month of business, I did $100,000 in revenue by doing this strategy. And so I was taking in 10, 12, 15, 25 cases per month, most of them non-BI, non-contingency, so I could fund my business. So my first recommendation is get clear on what you want. The second recommendation is make sure you, you're getting and, and generating enough cash to cash flow the business. And then from there, we'll start developing the pipeline of the cases that energize you and that give you the most passion. And your goal, your first goal is to generate seven figures in business. And so if you break it down at $10,000 a case, which is pretty normal in most practice areas, regardless of whether it's personal injury, immigration, family law, you can generate 10,000 a case. You're looking for a hundred clients. So that's the first threshold is how quickly can I get to a hundred clients? For me, let's here for one second. Yeah, apologize. And here's why. For most lawyers, 
as you mentioned, average law firm is around $500,000 in gross revenue. Breaking mm-hmm. through that threshold is hard. When you say you need to get 100 clients, to you it's easy. For most others, that's like, I didn't do that. So I want to make sure that you answer this question. How do you do that? Absolutely. So I have a three-part referral strategy that works every single time. Uh, that three-part referral strategy is you want to work with any past clients. So, so this would not work necessarily if you were coming right out of law school because you don't have past clients. But assuming you had a, a, a previous experience, you would work with past clients. But let's say you were out of law school. There's two other people that you have to uh, work, go after. And that is non-lawyer professionals. And I'll explain what that is. And then it's people who don't do what you do and they're lawyers, right? So what I did is I went after all the lawyers who did not do personal injury and did not do workers' comp. I went to a family law law firm. I went to a criminal law firm. I went to an immigration law firm and I asked for business. And I said, I, I need business. Here's the type of business that I'm looking for. I'm happy to send you business back. So I went after a lot of lawyers. I contacted probably anywhere between 10 and 30 lawyers in the first 60 days. So 10 in the first 30 days, and then it was about 30 lawyers in the first 60 days. The second thing that you want to do is you want to go after non-lawyer professionals. And this is your banker. This is your barber. This is your insurance agent. And I just started asking. My banker sent me three cases. My barber sent me three cases. My insurance company, my insurance uh, uh, agent sent me like two cases. And so I started developing cases from them and developing cases from people who didn't do what I did. And that helped me generate 100 cases actually in the first five months. That's tremendous. I assume that because you're a businessman who identifies as a lawyer or vice versa, you're not like most other lawyers who are incredibly introverted. Uh, I would say that I am introverted most of the time, but I'm extroverted when I need to. And so I read a lot of books. In fact, I, I read many books on networking. And one of the books that I read was uh, Charisma. Charisma Can Be Learned, I think is the name of the book, or uh, you, you Can Learn to Be Charismatic is the, the, the book. And I read that book because I, I always thought of myself as a very introverted person. I was the kind of person that kind of stood in the wall when I, when I was in a new environment. And I wanted to be more charismatic and I wanted to be more outgoing. And what I realized is that the way that you network and the way that you become outgoing and the way that you become more charismatic is you think about every connection as a give opportunity versus a get opportunity. And that's what mm-hmm. I, I would go to these networking events and I thought I need to go and ask for a business card and I need to give them my business card so that I can start talking to them about business. And that's not what I needed to do. I needed to go there and give of myself. And I need to walk in the room and say, how can I help you? You're a lawyer. How can I help you? You're a doctor. How can I help you? You're a, uh, a chiropractor. You're a dentist. You're, you're a, a banker. How can I help you? What can I do to help you? And if I did that, this goes back to giving that value to the client. If I gave of myself instead of trying to get, it made the relationship so much easier. And so I started going into rooms and I started asking people about their families. I started asking people about what they did. I started saying, you know, if I know anybody, I'd love to, to find you. There was one question that I learned in, in this book, and that was to ask the person what was their ideal client. And that would open them up. So I'd go to them and I'd say, well, you know, what is your ideal client? I'm just curious, like, what is the perfect client? And they would tell me this long description of their ideal client. I said, you know what? I don't know anybody like that, but if I meet somebody who's in your, your wheelhouse, love to send it to you. Can you give me your business card? Instantaneous attraction to you. And so that became an opportunity to facilitate referrals, and uh, it works. Brilliant. And I just want to point out that although, as you said, you are an introvert, 
you have that intention to be successful, and thus you studied how to break through your internal resistance toward going out and meeting new people, which once again is intention to become successful despite natural limitation that is introversion. I look at it as a, as an, uh, as a limitation because I was born as an introvert who always wanted to be popular. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to be popular with other kids, but I just can't come up to anybody. Yeah. So, so it's hard. It, no, it's, it is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, there, there's no doubt it's very, very, very challenging. I am married to an absolutely incredible intro, uh, extrovert. And she is, she is my door opener. Like when I go out, I, I, I love being with her because she opens my doors and she talks to anybody. We get on the elevator. She starts an instantaneous conversation with them. She's super good at it. And it's really, really easy for her to, to develop relationships. And so I have that today. I didn't always have that. Uh, I didn't have that person. And so I had to learn how to do it on my own. And I think that the, the first question that you ask someone when you meet them is a question about you giving to them. It's about you being interested in them. And if you do that, it's easier to open doors. You know, it's, it's not as easy to open the doors when you go with the intention of trying to get with them, get, get something from them. And so I think that the key is I'm walking into this room and I'm not planning on getting anything. All I'm planning on doing is giving today. That's all I'm planning on doing. I'm giving my time. I'm giving my attention. I'm giving my interest. I, I don't even want them to ask about me. I only want to ask about them. There was a, one of my mentors many years ago. He taught me this, call, uh, this process called FORM, which was uh, family, occupation, recreation, and money. So start asking them about their family, then ask them about their occupation, then ask them what they like to do for fun, for recreation, and then talk to them about money in some kind of way. And when you do that, when you use form, that form is also very powerful. Brilliant. So after you got your first hundred cases, what's the next step? What's the next level in building that eight-figure law firm? Once you have a hundred cases, you should be generating enough revenue through that hundred cases where you can start creating momentum. And what you want to do is you want to take 25% of the revenue that you're generating and put that back into marketing. Some people want to spend more. Some people are scared to spend it, but you have to do it. One of the things that, that happens with a lot of people, why they get stuck in building their, their business is because in the legal space, you can create a 50% profit margin business. It's very easy to generate 500,000 in revenue and take home 250,000. That type of behavior will keep you from the $10 million business. And so I always tell my lawyers, when you get to 500,000, you should be making 100, 125. The rest of that money should be going into your marketing. And if you do that, that's like adding gas to the fire. And so you want to add gas to the fire and try to get to 10 million as fast as you can. So if you make a million, you spend 250,000 on marketing. If you make 2 million, you spend half a million on marketing. If you make 3 million, you spend 750 on marketing. If you make 4 million, you spend a million on marketing. When you do that, it creates tremendous momentum and acceleration that will, that will push you and propel you into the next stage of your business. Now, there's a people component. It's the biggest part of it. Marketing is actually the easiest part of it, believe it or not. But if you do this formula correctly, and it's outlined in, in my book called The King of Growth, How to Dominate Your Market and Create Predictability Personally and Financially through your law firm, in that book, I outline the nine things you have to do with that 25% in order to create that acceleration. Amazing. Everyone should get that book. Absolutely. And in fact, what I'll do for your guest is anyone who wants the book, they can email me and I'd be more than happy to uh, 
give them, send them a book for free. What's the email address? Uh, Luis at eightfigurefirm.com. So it's L-U-I-S at eightfigurefirm.com. Awesome. I'm the first one on the list to get the book. Absolutely. You got it. You got it. I should definitely read it. So this blows my mind because your level of thinking is so completely different than that of overwhelming majority of attorneys who I get to meet. And I get to speak directly and off the stage, probably at least two, 300 attorneys, or directly one-on-one, two to 300 attorneys every year. When you talk about marketing budgets, when you tell them like, well, you have to allocate at least X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gear and headlights. Oh, I mean, most of the people that I work with, when they start working with us, they're spending like somewhere between four and 7% on marketing. Yeah. And, and so one of the things they tell me is they go, well, uh, you know, I've heard that law firms don't have to spend that much on marketing, that the average law firm spends 5%. I said, well, I mean, if you want to be average, that's fine. What I teach is I teach you to spend 25% because I believe that's a threshold number. And the way I explain it is like this. If you had an annuity that well, you wanted to pay you for the rest of your life and your kid's life and your next really? kid's life, there's a number you have to spend for that number to never run out. There's a number you have to spend. That's a threshold number. And $1 too little is not going to help. And so you want to make sure that you're spending the threshold number. What's that number? I believe over years of experience and now working with over hundreds of law firms, it's 25%. If you spend that number and you do it the right way, you will create a business that perpetually grows forever. And I've seen that to be the case in our law firm. And I've seen that to be the case now in dozens and dozens of law firms. And I've helped now 11 law firms reach eight figures in predictable revenue. Multiple practice areas, family law, estate planning, immigration, personal injury, property damage. Like it doesn't matter the practice area. All that matters is the principles. That's absolutely fantastic. So there are definitely some exceptions to the rule that you just mentioned, but I believe exactly what you're saying. I know that the largest PI firm in the country, probably the world, Morgan & Morgan, John Morgan is very public about it. They spend 16% of their $1 billion revenue on Case acquisition, marketing and advertising, $160 million a year. Some spend considerably more. Yeah. But most, like we've had clients come to us and say, our consultant told us 7% max. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. It's going to keep you really small. Yeah. It's going to keep you small. It's going to keep you growing very slowly. And so if you want to be small or slow, you spend less money. And that's one of the reasons why I say profit is a measure of your intention not a measure of the health of your business. If you intend to grow fast, you'll spend more in your business. If you intend to grow slow, you'll spend less on your business. And that's all profit tells you. Luis, I'm so glad that we met. I think a lot of terrific insights there. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to provide them. What else is in the formula that you're willing so, to share? Yeah, other than the, 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 uh, the, the marketing piece, the most important part is your organizational design. There's something called a business portfolio that we like to put together. And in that business portfolio is your marketing plan, business plan, hiring plan, budget, company goals, and your initiatives. And if you put that together, that business portfolio plus your marketing plus you, which creates your your brand identity, is all that you need. That's, that's the only recipe. And along the way, things will happen. I believe having a good coach and mentor is is vital to that. Along the way, things will happen. I have a coach. I have a mentor. I always have. And I think they help you navigate difficult situations. But the formula is simple. Executing is where the real fear is. And as long as we can execute, we can actually accomplish anything we want. Take the advice, ladies and gentlemen. This man has accomplished something that most 
never will. So this is from the battlefront. And now you're operating multiple businesses. You're an executive at your law firm. You're an executive and a coach, mm-hmm. or at least the uh, main person who speaks. No, I, I actually, yeah, no, I know a lot of things. Yeah, I, I coach as well. So uh, I, I run, I run the law firm, and we have some really great executives who are now taking over the mantle. And I don't have to be personally involved as much as I used to. But I, I run the law firm. I run eight figure firm consulting, and I help. Uh, dozens and dozens of law firms. In fact, we're celebrating reaching a milestone where our the collective revenue of the law firms that we work with has now reached $300 million in yearly revenue. And so super excited about that. Our goal is to hit a billion dollars in, in yearly revenue. And I think we're going to do that by finding extremely ambitious lawyers who are looking to create predictable streams of income through their law firm, not just a one-hit wonders. We want people who want to develop a business that is residual for them and their family and if that's somebody or somebody like that is listening, that's who we're, we're looking to help. If our clients wanted to come and talk with you, what's the best way to find your consulting group? And what's the best starting point? Is there like a free consult that you offer? How does the process start? Yeah, they can actually reach all of my links and all of my content on my personal website, LuisScottJR.com. So LuisScottJr.com. They can find uh, information about me, the law firm, Eight Figure Firm, all of my social media. Now speaking, they can just fill out a form right there, come directly to me, and I can navigate them to, through the process. And the best starting point is to download my free ebook, The Nine Principles of Exponential Growth, and then ask for a copy of The King of Growth, How to Create Predictability in Your Business and Develop Personal and Financial Freedom through your law firm. Those two things are free resources. I'd love to provide them for anyone who's interested and then reaching out to me and we can help people get started. Please. Thank you so much. Go to the website, check it out, grab the book, send the email, grab the book, read it, implement it. I always think of it this way. A better law firm equals a better life. A better business equals a better life. Absolutely. I agree with you. Make that investment into yourself. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.